Hey everybody, welcome to the Disablest Report, official podcast of the Disablest Network. If you'd like to learn a little bit more about us and our organization, feel free to visit our website at disablest.org, spelled D-I-S-A-B-L-E-I-S-T dot org. And if you would like to support the show for as little as a dollar a month, you can head on over to patreon.com backslash the Disablest Network. You get access to behind-the-scenes content, monthly updates, and a few other things that you'll just have to go on over and check out uh if you don't want to become a patron but you do want to support the show there is a way that you can still help out by clicking the donate button on our website and every little bit helps i'm joined as usual by my best friend and co-host lou rodriguez lou how's it going today i'm doing great i feel like the private public to your general specific (laughs) oh god Uh, these never get old i'll have to research that one because it sounds like something i'd be into um, so today is part two of the what is disability segment that we started. And I think that you and I mentioned before that this is going to kind of be an ongoing thing that we'll probably just circle back to throughout whatever the rest of our series is, because disability is something that is uh, amorphous. And it changes all the time, depending on who you're talking to and the time in which we're referring to, whatever, all that kind of stuff. Um, I I think uh, as a sneak preview, the Mm -hmm. next topic we should discuss is fairness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I think we're going to hit on that a little bit. But yeah, that's definitely going to need to be something that we need to do kind of a deep dive into for sure. Um, Yeah, so we we will, in in going over this... Yeah, fairness and equity. <laughs> in in going over uh, the stuff that I do for uh, posting this video to all of our stuff, I will make note of that fairness. Um, so in the first installment of this where we, we actually talked about the definition, the legal definition of, of what is disability, um, because that ends up affording us our civil rights uh, to give us equal access to... Um, you know, things like work and access to physical access to public spaces, stuff like that. Um, But I kind of wanted to transition into talking about disability and not necessarily defining it, but kind of disability define us. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of, kind of delving into like, what does disability mean to me? What does it mean to you? And then, and then, in you know as an extension of that then what does it end up meaning um this is why i get agitated it's the only thing i'm going to say about identity first and person first this is why i get agitated because I, I feel like if we don't have this kind of discussion i don't feel like it's a productive discussion about disability and i think that person first actively seeks to silence that portion of the conversation anyways that's all i'm going to say so um I would like to start talking uh, for you to start talking maybe about some of your limitations, Lou, and then I'll, I'll talk about mine as well. Um, what does your well, disability think, mean in practice to you? Well, I, I just want to point something out um, mm-hmm. uh, about person first and identity first, that the person first language isn't necessarily trying to uh, stamp away the idea of, of disability. But I think like the intent is good, but what you're what you're pointing out is that there's an implicit um, ableism yeah, that's, it, that's taking place. It, like yeah. 
like people aren't familiarized with that but you know we're, we're not going to litigate that but i just wanted to make a clarification yeah it, it buy it buys into ableism still but right, like that that's true. the problem it, it's not intending to but it still buys into it but anyways so um now, so now what, to answer your question <laughs> yeah right? go, go how, how does my disability define me um so i think when i meet so it used to be when i meet people it would be something that i would hide and then it would manifest itself in different ways and then we would have these strange and awkward conversations about my behavior and or my interactions with people. Whereas now I'm more forthright and I will just, you know, if, if I'm going to engage in a friendship or, or otherwise or a business relationship, I will oftentimes just tip my hat and say that I am on the neurodivergent spectrum mm -hmm. and then give them examples of what that means and let them work from there. Um, I think that's that's more respectful i think of people that are not on that spectrum mm -hmm. um so what about you kyle well i think i do want to comment on that first though i do think that that is important for you as well because and and this is another topic that we could talk about in a, a completely another right. episode but um, we'd have to get uh, dawson on yeah for well, that yeah, yeah for sure but but the topic of accommodation right and, and so the thing is, is that even if you don't have a disability or, or an impairment or anything like that, we all still do things to accommodate each other all of the time. And so these are things that, for instance, I freaked out about um, and talked to you at length about, for instance, like as I was starting to date my girlfriend. Oh, will she be comfortable with this? Will she be comfortable with that? And at the end of the day, it ended up being just we didn't even need to have a discussion. If I needed help with something, she would just help me with it. Just like you do. If I need help with something you told, and I would apologize to you and you tell, you know, would tell me all the time, stop apologizing to me. If I didn't want to do it, I know that it's part of being your friend in that regard. It's, it's, right. a, it's, it is a cost. Um, and so I think that this is something too, that, that we don't necessarily um, think about, but it's, it's so ingrained in everything that it's just taken for granted, I guess. Um, but in terms of my disability defining us, I, I think that uh, just that statement in and of itself is going to make people uncomfortable, especially the person first people, which is why I brought that up, um, because our disabilities do define us, right? You, you just mentioned that as of recent, you've started being more forthright about stuff like that. And I think that as an observer of your behavior and in, in your relationships with other people, I feel like that has given you an ability to be able to learn quicker um, how to filter out people who would be problematic and then keep the people who are more, um, you know, open and, and accepting and understanding of that. Because, again, these are not things that are, oh, well, you know, maybe I'll understand that you don't like mayonnaise this day, but this right, day I'm going right. to tease you about it, you know? And it's like, well, no, because it makes you physically ill. And, you know, you don't I mean, want to be I, vomiting around I, people if, if you're at lunch or something, you know? So I think, you know, I, I, I think it's, it's interesting that you say that because there are some people that I will allow to joke with me. But having said that, there are also conflicts that arise and I didn't used to know how to handle them. So a lot of times, and I still do. I carry a list around in my phone um, of behavioral uh, guardrails for me to 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 read every oh, not every day, but 
frequently. Yeah. But one of the things that I learned to do was to, like if I have a conflict with somebody uh, in our conversation, so I have a tendency to think, um, not emotionally, but but in a technical way, almost like Spock, right? So people will say, you know, I don't like. So I have this idea of wanting to to look at everything analytically, mm-hmm. and sometimes that drives people crazy, especially if they're more emotional. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times there would be that conflict, or I'd be getting yelled at suddenly, or it would turn into "You're attacking me," and I have to. And now I've learned to say one very important thing. I'm like, hey, look. I'm not trying to make you angry. And I know you're not trying to make me angry. I think our conversation styles are just not meshing, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, so we have to be cognizant of that as friends. Like I have, you know, people in my life that I find very, that I'm very close to, but put us in a, you know, a confined space for too long and we're like fighting fish. Yeah. And I think too, we've talked about framing on another episode. And I think that that's because and no, no fault to anybody for being, um, unable to do this, um, especially if they do have a diagnosis that prevents them from being able to frame. But I think that framing in and of, of itself is a difficult thing for most people to do, right? You and I have to navigate that space constantly because what people don't realize is that when we afford for our own limitations, we simultaneously have to afford for the way that other people are going to perceive our limitations, um, right. and, and, and it also takes discipline, it, a like, lot of discipline. Yes, for sure. Um, you know, I didn't start getting more comfortable, for instance, even asking people to help me get stuff out of my backpack um, for like school supplies, for instance. Right. Until I was in like my uh, undergraduate. Um, and at that point, I was like. 22, 23 years old, and, and I still am kind of like, you know weird about that in the sense that i get a lot of it well i mean i have clinical anxiety but like you know i i get a lot of anxiety about that but to kind of circle back and answer your question how how does my disability define me i'll just use a very quick example that um i tell people all the time especially when you and i are giving presentations is uh for instance i'm not taking a flight of stairs anytime soon and if i were to ignore that it would result in drastic physical harm to myself if, if i was like well gonna take these stairs today um you know my wheelchair would tumble over on myself and i would probably die if i'm gonna be honest um and so obviously that's a very dramatic example but it also is a very real example and right. here's the other thing too though right that's something that people can visualize for you when you're talking about your limitations if people don't um at least afford you space to empathize with you about your stuff emotionally that's how you feel you feel you're tumbling down a flight of stairs in in falling all over yourself emotionally and well it's also easy to be mad at other people like there's true. a so people that are neurodivergent people that have been abused people that have different types of disabilities there's a tendency for us to also want the whole world to orient to us Mm -hmm. so let's say you know just to you know keep beating that dead horse the the person first language right so let's think about this if we don't acknowledge a person's disability right so that person thinks the world's orienting towards them and then they still have to bring it up 
So yeah. it's still, it's as opposed to just, like I said earlier, just putting it out there, just outright, just stating, hey, this is what I have. This is my diagnosis. Yeah. I mean, so for the listeners out there, we attempted to record yesterday <laughs> yeah. and we had technical difficulties. That was my fault. My so, fault. <laughs> So, but um, Kyle had mentioned something, and so now I'm going to steal his awesome, you know, story. But he had mentioned, you know, that when he wakes up, I mean, he still has to deal with his disability at all times. It's the primary driver of his life. You know, let's say he wants to go to a club or something or go to a bar, and it's a pull door. What does he do? He has to stand out there until somebody comes along to open the door for him. So, you know, I mean, it's always going to color everything he does. Yeah. And and I talked to you about that, like during that recording yesterday, because I, I brought up, um, you know, going to therapy um, and we're going to have an episode specifically about that at a future date with um, my cousin Michaela. Uh, but, you know, the, the one thing that I told you, because, you know, in, in my therapy, we're talking about you know, part of my anxiety comes from essentially not filling up my time enough, right? And, and giving myself too much time to ruminate because I also have intrusive thoughts and um, depression. And so because I occupy that headspace and depersonalization and all of that is like nasty cyclical stuff with each other. Um, but because I have those, um, you know, like conditions, I would call them if I am left to my own devices for too long, the result is emotionally catastrophic. Um, and so part of what we've talked about is being more active and do not active in the sense of like physical, but doing more things, occupying my time with more things. But what I told Lou is a difficult thing to kind of wrap my head around is that I need people to do those things with. Uh, unless right. it's me maybe going to like a public park or, or, or something like that by myself, there aren't a lot of things that I can do on my own and be comfortable with. For example, you know, he, you gave the, um, the example of like going to a bar, right. Or a restaurant or whatever. And sure. People go to bars and restaurants by themselves all the time. And like, that's a great thing. If that is something that you can do and you enjoy doing that, like absolutely for sure. But for me, then I have to worry about, you know, can I access this table? Can I move the chair out of the way? If I have to go to the bathroom, am I going to be able to go into the bathroom okay. on my own? Am I going to be able to shut the door to to the I, stall it, it, on my own? Am I going to be able to... a real-life video game for you. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah exactly. A, a real-life video else, game. We just walk in, we, we, we sit at the table, or yeah. we, we use the restroom, you know. Yeah. A, you guys get the boss parking. That's, that's what you get. Well, <laughs> well, if you can find it. Yeah. Um, you know, being down here with the, the elderly population that we have, sometimes it is very difficult to find accessible parking. Or or, or the jackasses out there that, that take their, their grandmother's placard and put it on their, their well, car. Well, yeah, like the person when I was in my undergrad program, I was uh I was like forty five minutes late to an hour and fifteen minute long class. Where Kyle, where were you? I couldn't find parking. And then one of the students' responses to that was, oh, yeah, I take my grandmother's parking placard all the time. Yeah. Actually, today, that's what I did. And I'm like, so you're the reason why I couldn't get fucking parking today. But, but anyways, um, you know, this is 
all of this is what our disabilities actually just, just come to. Just don't think about it, Kyle. Just don't like you. You, you focus too much on try, this. Try harder. Just, just yeah. try harder. So You're, you, you there is a component to this, right? Like, so sometimes people will ask, "When will you be happy?" Oh, ab and, absolutely. And the answer to that is hopefully never. You should always strive for better. Like, mm -hmm. like the world, the the society, everything could be better. You you just I don't know that the attitude of, well, look what, what, you know, look how far we've come. You should accept that. You should be happy with that. Mm -hmm. Yes, you can acknowledge that, but you do still want to be, have some discord with the way things are. Yeah. Because like, you know, especially whether it's any type of issues with equity or ableism or anything like that, like all the isms. Well, so and I think though, that what, you know, mercy on these people's souls, if souls okay. exist, um, they don't understand that they're conflating happiness with complacency. And for a lot of people, that's the goal, right? Like, that's why I have become so vehemently opposed to this idea of the American dream. First of all, the American dream is not accessible. Let's just say that. Uh, in general for disabled people but people of all kinds of minorities um right. but but this right. is why is because like what is the ultimate goal to be subservient to like a company clock in clock out have your kids raise your kids to also do the same thing and then you've won but what have you I, won I thought it was to have some land an ar-15 and to keep all the immigrants out of the country i, I thought that was the american dream well that's kind of what it's morphed into um <laughs> not not my america <laughs> wow, we, we sound like some woke bastards yeah now, because, because we are it's on our it's it's on our, if you haven't checked out our instagram page go there look in the bio and it says that we're snowflakes so yeah. you know that's that's who but, we are but um you know, go, go ahead. ahead no no, no go, go ahead I was, I was gonna say i was gonna jump into another subtopic yeah that's about, what i was gonna do too so you you go uh, ahead well, go no, you, oh, well i was gonna talk about the anxiety in others yeah 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 yeah. go because i was gonna talk about um being uncomfortable like what makes yeah, people uncomfortable yeah. so the, and those are tied yeah, so you, you go you go, so, you go sure, first sure but you know like there's always that question of you know why do people react the way they do mm -hmm. and uh you know to try to unpack that a little bit I think with me, right? So if I say to someone I'm neurodivergent or I have autism, you know, the the sense to catastrophize comes across. I see sometimes people, like I already know that they think I'm going to like knock something off the table or have a tantrum, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I think, you know, when they see you come along, they're like, oh, this guy's definitely smells bad because he's wearing diapers or something you know like that's always even in some of the early movies where they show people with disabilities that's always a, that's a trope right? oh yeah i need i just if need to buy diaper, diapers i need to buy yeah, diapers and yeah. wear them on my head yeah. <laughs> so but you know so and then also seeing people with with uh physical disabilities also cause is a cause for anxiety because it kind of reminds us of our limitations or imperfections yep. or potential limitations and imperfections. Yeah. yeah. Or that it can happen. We're a reminder yeah. that their able-bodiedness is, uh, you know, situational and tenuous. Tenuous. Ten tenuous. That's it. Tenuous. Um, it can happen to anybody at any time for any reason. And sometimes, you know, here, here's the other thing too. Spoiler alert. There's no reason. <laughs> 
there was yeah, no, no there was no reason why I got meningitis. You know, it just. But, but I also feel like there should be some space, right? Like so, average people. Okay, remember we're talking about average. So this is somebody might in the comments go, "Wow, there's no such thing as average." Well, so I'm talking about within standard deviations. Yeah, t- of so t- typical. Right, but so I, I would say everybody has ang- amounts of anxiety, mm-hmm. low self-esteem, uh, feeling sorry for themselves in some capacity, like if you know if if they didn't accomplish all their goals in life. But now add to that a disability, and I feel like you know that people with disabilities should be afforded a little space. You know, to say, oh, Kyle, don't worry about, oh, just think positive. You know, fuck that. Sometimes you you should be afforded the allowance of saying, man, I got dealt a bad hand. Yeah. No, and, no pun intended. <laughs> I, I did. Get, I, I got I got dealt two bad hands. Yeah. <laughs> That's why they're no longer on my body anymore. Yeah. No, but, um, you know, you do speak to something that can also be backed up with um, statistics. And it's that disabled people, by and large, are more prone to diagnoses of clinical levels of anxiety and depression. Just that factor in and of itself is an indicator that we do have a lot of additional stressors that people who don't have diagnoses don't have to deal with. And that's just the reality. And, and, and that's things. environmental. Like, so. Oh, yeah, know, for sure. Lot, like, I guess you could say, like, uh, able bodied people. And they have depression that's more like chemical this imbalances but i think the when i say environmental i mean these are things that are thrust upon you that create that scenario like yeah yeah like you have to you if you have a disability when they say oh it shouldn't define you it does though it yeah. does it's kind of like uh placing uh like if you have clear water and you and you add just a drop of food coloring you're going to say that water's red, right? If I drop red coloring and it, it's not, you're, and, and you're, you're always see it as tainted in some way, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I think that you can also make that analogy with, with disabilities and we have to accept that and acknowledge that. Like it shouldn't be something that's ignored, but something that is embraced and yeah. accommodated for. Yeah. And so I think too, and here in he, this is the rub, right? right. Um, if we are actively trying to kind of prove to ourselves, right, that our disabilities aren't, you know, as big of a deal as they actually are, at the end of the day, people don't realize how easily that stuff trickles into, for instance, legislation that affords us equal rights, disability rights. That stuff gets written into law and then that law does influence even the way that people talk about disability. For instance, if you look at like the ADA and stuff like that, it's written, everything is person with a disability, with a disability, with a disability. It was informed by person-first language, and person-first language um, was also informed in part by stuff that was happening in the ADA. Now, the ADA while it is absolutely essential and and we still need it there are a lot of things that are very antiquated about it that need um revision but my point is that some of those issues that we are seeing with the ADA where it's falling short is because there still is a we- 
like you, you'll you'll laugh at this how the fuck do you talk about disability and disabled people without referring to us as disabled you know what i mean so it's like right. if you read some of the stuff for instance you could just say disabled people need x but instead there's this giant like you feel like you're kind of going around the block just to get to the same point you know what i mean right, it's, right. It, it, it becomes byzantine for no reason but, yeah um interesting so that that's good a good segue uh because now we can talk about fairness right so what defines disability who gets benefits these are all parts of the ada now when i say fairness i'm gonna uh, this is gonna be the uh uh analogy that i'm gonna use so many people are angry uh so just recently it's been that people have had parts of their student loan forgiven and all kinds of people are coming out of the woodwork pissed off. I paid off my student loans. I had a hard time and this and that. It's like, that's yeah, weird energy when you really think about it. It yeah. would be like, you know, a person with disability saying, well, you're not as disabled as me, so you don't deserve benefits. Yeah. Or, you know, I've suffered, so you should suffer too. Like, that's weird when you really think about it. Yeah. And then to even think that some of these people are Christian, well, isn't that their whole ethos? Didn't oh, yeah. Jesus come to absolve them of their sins? Like, what a weird thing to be angry about. And I get it. Like, their sense of fairness is peaked. Well, like, yeah. Well, can, can I mention something, too? This is why I tell people that it's an issue just regarding person, first identity, first language, right? This is the very issue and why I say the disabled community is fractured. And right. look, this isn't a conspiracy theory. I don't watch ancient aliens. I don't buy into any of that, uh, you know, mumbo jumbo bullshit. But I'm telling you right now, there's a divide and conquer mentality. If you have a demographic of people that you can get to engage in infighting amongst themselves to even recognize how to talk about who we are, how do we talk about being disabled? We've already lost. If we can't actualize into words what that means, they, they've done their job. And the reason why disability has ended up being at the short end of the stick or, you know, oh, well, we don't have we have budgetary constraints, so we can't afford for this because we're already trying to help black youth or well, now we got those LGBT kids to kids to think about. That wasn't a thing when I was growing up. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, um all all of this bullshit is just kind of glanced over like it always has been but you know as we said before this is why it's important to learn history because stuff changes through history right like like we should in part of the reason for the show is that this is our attempt at being progressive and again that's uh, another and, and, and trigger we're, word we're, for conservative well, people okay, but, so, but but what you're talking about is a moral arc like the moral arc of history. Obviously, you know, we can shit on today and then older people can go, well, things have, are better now, except then they also say that things were better back in their day. So yeah. what the fuck? But wow. um, like, you know, we, we no longer have like, you know, children working in mines. <laughs> you know what I'm Damn, saying? Damn, I, I miss the good old days, yeah, man. People with disabilities aren't, you know, automatically thrown into into group homes or you know or asylums, or asylums right yeah. so so there's more 
empathy, I, I would say, but that doesn't mean that the job is done. And that's, I think, what mm-hmm. you're talking about. So that's part of the moral arc. Yeah. And, um, and, and, you know, and you mentioned that, too, though, earlier in this episode, that the job is never done, right. um, especially. And, you know, I think I think that this is the issue that a lot of um, a lot of person first, quote unquote, advocates see is because uh, at the end of the day. There's kind of a, a terminus, right? And we should this is making me think that we should for Halloween get all of us all together and dress up as the characters from the Burger King Kids Club. <laughs> we, we should absolutely well, do that. Either one or that like multicultural kids with disabilities, mm-hmm. you know. Damn, damn woke bastards. Like, like, this is the future they want. <laughs> Look at them. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, they're just they're fucking they exist and they're happy um or uh no what i was telling you before that i really want to get into uh and and maybe you know we should definitely talk about having you know a photo shoot about this kind of stuff or whatever but i the idea of the freak show is really interesting to me yeah um you know talking about just in closing because this is way off topic but is intriguing so uh hopefully you know you find interest in this um but you know, the freak show was one of the first, um, you know, vocational opportunities that disabled people had. Um, one of the first opportunities that we had to make a job. And there were um, people who were documented in history who were not allowed, legally allowed to work. And because of the freak show, ended up being able to provide um, for themselves and then ended up meeting spouses, having large families and um, living good lives so because of that. So they were devotees back then. There were people, you know, that's that's the thing is that, you know, the good old the good old stu- stuff still happened in the good old days. You just didn't know about it because it wasn't the dominant yeah. narrative. Um, And if you're too ignorant to know what I mean when I say that, then the listening to the rest of the show is probably going to do you no good anyway. <laughs> and not, not, don't, don't. Now, listen to you being ableist. If you're too dumb, <laughs> it's too <laughs> I'm just, I'm just kidding. Well, I'm, you, I'm, I'm, I'm splitting hairs. Yeah, here. it's, it's not. I'm, I'm not trying to say people are too dumb, but if you're so couched in, in strictly conservativist mindset, yeah. to under, that okay, that's what I should have said. Um, but anyways, we're, uh, we're at the end of the end of this show. It's, it's a little bit shorter than um usual, but like I said, we're segmenting this into a couple of different episodes so we may make some shorter make some longer all that kind of stuff do you have any uh anything that you want to say in closing before i wrap up the good old episode yeah yes i do uh that's a very boss shirt you got on there kyle thank you you want to show it off you should should try to get up a little bit yeah, so everybody can I, see. I appreciate it my uh my girlfriend got it for yeah. me for my birthday and uh, yeah. my my grandmother um hemmed the sleeves for me so um I'm I'm over here dressing down, and and you're over here dressing up, man, making me look bad. <laughs> no. I got you. For the the people with visual impairments, it is a white slash off white shirt, and it has um a lot of different kinds of flowers on them that are different colors: yellow, purple, um, pink, all that good stuff. So yeah, I love it. It's super comfortable too, and, so. and it's collared. A button-down collared shirt. It is a button-down collared shirt. Kyle's trying to look like an adult now. Like, <laughs> you know, go go figure. 
<laughs> it's not just my my uh, wardrobe is not just anime shirts anymore. Not there's anything wrong with that, but <laughs> you know, trying trying to trying to look the part, right? We're we're influencers. We're we're content creators. I gotta gotta not look like a a weeb all of the time. Only only sometimes. Um. So, anyways, yeah, uh, I appreciate that. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode, everybody. Like I said, stay tuned. Um, to this uh, ongoing series. And if you have any uh, ideas about things that you would like to hear us talk about in regard to like this whole what is disability topic, leave it in the comment section. Let us know. Um, and in line with that, leave us a review on YouTube, Spotify, etc. If we get a good one, maybe we'll read it at the end of an episode. Uh, and thank you so much to our patrons whose names we'll display at the very end of this during the credits. Remember, we're just the tip of the spear. Disability rights are human rights. We'll catch you in the next episode. And if you're interested, remember, become a patron. Take care, everybody.